Hello everybody, it's me, producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where fans have their say on their club. And we've got another pack house with a, a Davidson and of course the Game Day regulars. Town won their first game of 2021. It's, it's always weird to say that, beating Burton. And uh, yeah, it was a shit show. Not a good game at all. And of course, this week, we signed some players. Woo! The rumours were true. Josh Harrop and Luke Thomas signing from Preston and Barnsley. Uh, so we're going to get into that. Also, preview Posh and Sunderland. Completely forgot we were playing there. Um, so I want to get right over to the man making his debut. He's not related to Leighton Baines. I don't think he is anyway. We'll find out in a minute. Um, but yes, Tom, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, welcome to game day. And your thoughts on the Burton win. And uh, how you been doing? Good week? Yeah, cheers. Cheers for having us, uh, guys. I, yeah, I can confirm I'm not related to Leighton Baines, unfortunately. Um, I do remember his screamer for, for Wigan against town many moons ago. But um, yeah, been all right. Um Wales's lockdown's pretty strict as it has been. I had to change Christmas plans, but it's all right. Just got to get used to all this stuff. But yeah, but and I think the less said about it, the, the better. To be honest, um, I'm not a season ticket holder, so I have to pay for for games. I have I follow, but I'm glad I didn't pay a tenner for that, and I'm glad I I watched the the full game after because that was that was a tough tough watch. It was yeah. It's, it's one of those games where obviously they're bottom and they just drag you into their game. And it just seemed like every, like we did our standard, you know, 90% possession, knock it around the back, knock it around the middle. But then the final ball was just, just so lacking. It was like Eva overhit, went to a defender, went to their goalkeeper. It was just, yeah, it was just so, so poor that, that first half. Um, Norwood especially just looking so isolated um, up top, I'm I'm not a fan of, of one up top. It doesn't work for me. And I think the second half when we brought on Drinan and Hawkins, I think it was Drinan and Hawkins at the same time. Drinan, Drinan, sorry, Drinan. so so sorry. Carry on, Drinan. It it just looked so much better. We just had so much more attack and threat. Um, we gave their defenders, you know, so much more trouble. Um, yeah, but overall, I thought the second half was a little bit better. Toto had a had a great game. I think, you know, obviously we had the heart in the mouth moment where he like nearly sliced the clearance in the back, but he was he was solid. And I think sometimes it's easy to forget that he is he is he can be reasonable and good good at this um at this level. Um and I think as well it just shows like McGuinness obviously played well and it so shows how good he was having someone older next to him and an older professional. And I feel kind of sorry for Luke Wolfenden that Aloni is taking his place. And if you had someone like Chambers next to him or Enciala or even Wilson, Wilson obviously been ostracised for whatever reason, but I just think he'd do so much better with someone solid next to him. But yeah, one of those forgettable games, got the three points. I think nothing, no result would have changed the, the mood, obviously. Like, I think even if it had been a 4-5-0, it would have just been, well their bottom so you should expect it so yeah obviously we'll go and talk on about it later but yeah much tougher tests uh, <laughs> ahead than them definitely I've got to say well done to the club to put highlights together because there was not many highlights at all I want to go over to good old David next he's got a great shirt on be butch be <laughs> fabulous and then be you I think yes yes uh, good old David always got brilliant shirts um how you doing sir I don't know what I called you, sir. 
Former teacher, I don't know. Um, how you yeah, been doing? Absolutely. Yeah, your thoughts on Burton, the same old story. We can just put another previous interview with you on pretty much, just talking about it. Good, good. Yes, it's been one of those weeks, hasn't it? Just meh. It's, um, I've been very serial ranting. Um, Burton, why did I spend £10 on that? Um, well, because there's absolutely all else to do, is there? Um, if there'd been something vaguely else other otherish to do, then I wouldn't have wasted my money. It was a shit game between two shit teams, um, and I don't think that we deserve to win. I don't think we, that Burton deserved to win either. Um, we got we got that slice of luck. I mean, if Holy hadn't been alert to the fact that NCL is a liability, then that would have been an own goal. They had a decent chance, which on this occasion Chambers was in the way of. Could have gone either way, couldn't it? It was just a mess. There was no pattern, no structure, no nothing. They outmuscled us. I thought that they played into our hands because they didn't push up on the fullbacks in the way that I thought they would do. I thought they would have got the ball out wide and got tried to get behind Chambers and that because that was what worked so well for Swindon and they didn't seem to do that. Um, we were lucky there, but it was a shit game between two shit teams and thank God it's over. Definitely. And uh, I want to go over to Liam next, the man I normally talk to on a Monday for the Monday recap. Watch it if you haven't already. Uh, always good little chat with him in the morning on that's what my Monday starts with, chatting with Liam uh, or, you know, when my mess is in bed saying hello to her as well. But um, move on from that. Um, it was I've, got, I've, got, I've got an image now of um, Liam just popping his head up from under the duvet between you going, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to unsee that either. Um, but, but yeah, gently move on. Um, your, your thoughts on the Burton, well, 1-0 win, clean sheet. That's the positives we can take from it. Um, yeah, cheers, Ross. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone needed to have that vision in their head, but okay. Uh, but yeah, um, it, it's, it's one of those... It's one of those games. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, they, they won the game, but the mood is still pretty flat. Um, had they lost the game, then the mood would be even flatter. So it, it was never going to be one of these ones that, um, as, as Tom said at the beginning, uh, had they won four or five nil. I mean, most people would have had a bit more of a smile on their face. But at the end of the day... It would you'd put it down to well we're playing the bottom team and we need to put away these sort of sides. Uh, the the real work happens well. The the, the season becomes uh, the definition of the season comes in these next two matches. So um, it doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence though. And um, that's two games now we've played against Burton and we've won both of those games by just a single goal. Uh, the away game, though, well, there's not much you can really say about it. They, they, they got the win. Um, I, I suppose they showed spirit to, to get that victory. They, they kept going and they, they got the win at the end. Uh, I have to admit, I didn't think that goal was coming. Um, and they rode a bit of luck because I think it was a deflected cross that helped it onto McGuinness's head. Uh, but overall, it's... It was a it was a hard hard watch. Um, that the pitch didn't help, but at the end of the day, I don't think it would have mattered. I think if they'd been playing on a Premier League carpet, um, 
Town would still have, have created the same amount of chances that they did on that absolute bog. So, to be honest, I, I, if people want to throw the pitch into the equation, I don't think it changes anything. Town will create a limited amount of chances, whatever the the standard of the pitch uh, that they play on. Um, but they got the result that they needed. Um, it, it, hopefully, the the signings that we'll talk about in a bit will give it a boost but it doesn't fill you with much confidence with with what's about to come over the horizon definitely so three people down three more people to introduce and i'm i don't know how to really do this sometimes i just think i just go you so i've just pointed at brad sorry thomas and john but brad's coming in um we're going to cover all bases of the burton game because we've got six people talking about the burton game which had nothing in it but um brad hope you had a good week and uh yeah, your thoughts. I spoke to you. I spoke to a couple of you guys after the game for Burton, and yeah, it was a wasn't a good one, was it? No, it weren't. And like you say, it went a lot um, to talk about in a game, but I'll do my best to try and break it down. Um, for me, I felt like they've been transported back five years to a McCarthy shit house, one them away win. Is what it felt like. Um, but and you can say that it's context, isn't it, with this result? Um, if this win would have came at the start of the season with our other wins, um, good form, everyone would just say, job done, move on. But it's the context of Lambert being in the position that he is, the scrutiny that we're under. Even a 5-0 wouldn't have really changed a lot, would it? Even though uh, Stuart Taylor prefers a 1-0. Anyway, um, going on to the game, I feel like it was the game for Jackson with that, with that shock and pitch because... There weren't really any way to play football on it. The ball was bobbling just between... I mean, Burton can even stream two passes the other on it. And if anything, that was the game for knock it in behind, run on to. And um, think back to Tranmere away last year, Jackson's winner. Same sort of pitch. And um, he got on the end of that one. So there's no use trying to play football on it. And Burton played into our hands, really, because they tried to get on top of us straight away when the best thing you to do, you see, is let us have the ball. Because we'll... But we'll, by and large, create our own mistakes and um, the opposition will break down the wings and get it in the box and score. Um, so by making it a strap, kind of helped us a little bit. Um, second half, I felt... Well, first half, there was nothing to say, really. Second half, I did feel the goal was coming, actually. I felt like we were putting on a little bit of sustained pressure. Not exactly banging the door down, but having the ball in their half and what we should do is bottom of the lead away. But um, having the ball in their half and putting a few balls in the box... Um, so yes, job done in the end, but doesn't really feel like much because of, of, of the context of the result. Um, although I will say, I felt, I felt like there was more structure to our team. I felt like Downs, made, I felt like Downs held held his role well alongside Dizelle. It was it felt more like a four-two-three-one, um, and um, Downs was right beside Dizelle. I just felt like there was more structure to the midfield. And uh, that's going to come into play against uh, Mr. Schmodix at the weekend because Downs has got to follow him around like he well he just can't let go of him basically. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much all of that. Crap game, job done. Move on to a very very big game. Yes, definitely. So sorry, John. I'm going to leave you last, but don't think you know less. That I feel less of you. You are you're my, you're my boy. Your good old John Watson. Uh, but I want to go over to Thomas, who's wearing a... I don't know I don't know if I rate this away kit. Of course, we got relegated in this away kit, the very orange kit, which stands out 
like no other. Uh, but yes, good old Thomas. We've got a Tom. We've got a Thomas. Um, how are you doing? And um, once again, I spoke to you after the Burton game, and uh, yeah, it wasn't much to say, but it was not good, was it? A win, though. And my boy Guion's back. He couldn't do really much because he couldn't dribble on the pitch, but there we go. So yeah, you can, to avoid confusion, you could be seconds today if you want, if make it easier. But yeah, um, I was doing okay this week until about four o'clock in Mark's Tay when some white van man twat decided to forget how a roundabout works and didn't give way to me. I've no idea how he didn't hit me. I think my skill and the second skill and that just kind of just managed to get away of it, but he was still going for it. I don't understand what the hell he was doing. So if he's listening, put yourself driving this and you twat. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, in terms of the... Oh, also, yeah, uh, don't, David, don't talk too much because David Mitchell and Robert Ward's back at 10, so we're back. So, you know, I don't be here too long tonight. <laughs> but yeah, uh, in terms of Saturday, um, it was boring. Um, you know, we, we did what we had to do. We wanted to win, obviously. Uh, and we we got the result it needed to be done, but you could you do want to expect anything less. So in terms of that it was job done. But yeah, it was boring. Don't know why I paid a tenner. Um, one of the only things I can take from it really, because everyone else has said much most of the other things, um, is that with our the way we scored, we need to utilise our set pieces more. And we need our centre backs to score more, much like what we had under Mick, because we haven't had that since Smith and Berry, and we need to start working on that again I think because it, it adds something to our game and it's it will, it will help us massively in my opinion but uh but yeah this is, this is a random little fact of the day for you guys I don't know why randomly a Tommy Smith like goals that town came up on YouTube as a recommendation I watched it and some of the goals he scored weren't too bad like he was in the box all the time and just making sure to just you know a rebound or a, you know a save from the keeper and I think that's what we need is our defenders to catch on that, but it's also getting the opportunity. But anyway, moving on. Him, so him and Barrow got 11 that playoff season. Yeah. So. Brentford away. Massive Swedes. And uh, now, finally, we're bringing him in. Good old John Watson. He's been patiently waiting to be introduced. And uh, John, you're, you're muted at the moment. Unmute before you speak, just in case we have to... <laughs> the shambles that I normally do. Um, but John, hope you had a good week. And uh, once again, we spoke after the Burton game. Always our nice little session. I was just chatting about town and uh, how bad we are. Uh, we won, though. And uh, we'll move on to, to Peterborough, which uh, could be very different. But yeah, your thoughts on the Burton game? I think boys have said most of it. Um, so I'll try to keep it short. It was shit. It was boring. I almost fell asleep. I would rather tidy my sock drawer. Um, I think uh, Lambert has lost the plot with even more so with some of his stupid decisions. Like as Brad said, why was Jackson not on the bench? Why have um, Drynan and Hawkins, who are very similar, you know, I'm not knocking either of them particularly. I just think you want different options. For me, you know, bringing Jackson on and playing off Hawkins or Drynan would have been a better two up front when he went two up top. Um, Jackson's pace would have been something different. Um, I think that's probably the last we'll see of Amir Hughes now, uh, sitting in the stands. I think that's him gone. We'll maybe get onto that later. Um, I was just so fed up being an Ipswich supporter. I, I remember earlier on in the season when people talking about being apathetic and not wanting to get, you know, not being bothered by the results. And I can't ever remember um, being quite so... Oh, here we go again and not it's not I don't care because I care greatly 
But I'm just really bored of the crap. It is awful to watch. And, like, we had a little bit more presence. And it was great to see Downs and Bishop and Edwards back because they are our best players. So, um, well, KBY, if he was ever back alive, <laughs> visible and playing, could be up there. But we can't count him. But for me, Bishop, Downs and Edwards are our best three players of the season. Um, so to have them back is the only positive I can take from it. Um, seeing Norwood... Uh, Loses rag over the substitute, the, the the sorry the being back allowed on the pitch. I could see his frustration, but if he'd stayed on the pitch, he would have got sent off, wouldn't he? He just lost his head. That's a worry for me. But it's good to see a bit of fight and a bit of bite. It was a crap game though, um, and I, I, I I'm struggling to see how a four three three under Paul Lambert will work. Uh, that's my biggest concern, even with the signings that we'll talk about, because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to feel sorry for Alan Judge too often because I've not been a huge fan because I think he's massively underperformed. I think he's a talented player who's underperformed for us, but he has his possibly the best game of the season last week in the number 10 and then is back out on the wing again this week. And that frustrates me, like the silly decision making, you know, Caden Jackson, a couple of games ago, was forced to play like painting the white line on the right touchline, and then he doesn't even make the bench this week. The lack of consistency, was, I think we're starting to see Lambert nay normal bingo again, when he's just going to shuffle a pack and throw them in the air, because I don't think he's got a clue. So, I'm not a fan who will ever want to see my team get beaten, but the fact we ground out a result against the poor side... Which, to be fair, I didn't, I, I didn't sh- share Brad's optimism that it was going to happen. I just was bored. Um, we got the result. Does it keep him in the job for a little bit longer? Probably. And I, I'm not saying I wanted this to lose, so he lost his job. But it just prolongs the pain. It's like being in an abusive relationship. You know, you just think the day's going to get better and then, then it doesn't. So... I was really pissed off and really miserable on Saturday night. And I don't think my mood's picked up strong. I, I always try to be positive. I always try. And that game just brought me nothing but grief. Okay, positivity's down. Edwards and Bishop were back. There you go. Yeah, Thomas, oh, before I go over to Thomas, I just want to say, you know, John, you must care enough for town to willing to speak for an hour on this podcast. So <laughs> there we go. And all of you guys as well. You know, you, you do this because you love the club, even though we're, you know what. Um, Thomas, take it away. I just two little points. Uh, the abusive relationship, when I've been thinking that a while, just to never really say it. I don't know if I completely agree, though. And then secondly, just to, no one's mentioned it, so I just thought I would um, that block from Chambers just for half time, completely, you know, save the game for us. Um, if that gone in, we don't, who knows what happened. But yeah, I was just going to say that. Okay, then. Anybody else want to add? Just be careful about mentioning um, Chambers, though, because we always do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, I was, um, was going to say, on, on the audio thing, did anyone notice how many times Stuart Taylor just kept saying, Dawes, Dawes, Dawes? Like, it seemed like every, every few seconds he was shouting at him to do, do something. Yep. Um, just... 
uh, if people were actually listening to the home commentary, um, oh, yes, I did, was. Uh, pick up on how much that commentator seemed to have some kind of beef with Norwood. <laughs> it was um, it was a bit a bit ridiculous. Um, kind of at the very beginning, making a comment about him betraying Tranmere, and then secondly, when he fell over, saying, um, "Oh, that was never a free kick. No one was anywhere near him." Uh, I don't know why people are shouting. Serves him right for wearing stupid coloured boots. It's like, <laughs> what's his problem? It was, it was, uh, that was probably the only entertainment during that game was just listening to how much the commentators seemed to be digging um, Ipswich and, and Norwood in particular. He also said he was a big, burly striker. I was thinking, Norwood's not big. I mean, I could pick him up and carry him under my arm. Do you know what I mean? He's just a little babber. <laughs> does like to spit his dummy out. Yeah. He does, you know, he does get about a bit of course, Norwood. But yeah, he's not the biggest, biggest <laughs> lad. He's not the biggest striker you'll, you know, come up against. I thought, thought he battled well, though, didn't he? Yeah. He, um, he made what he could of loose balls and um, balls into him and that. And he couldn't really make a lot stick, but he is by far our best striker at the club in my opinion, and if we're going to have any success this season, he's got to stay fit. And he had that one moment where he looked like he was limping, but then somehow ran it off and was absolutely fine. And maybe we'll hear tomorrow if he's out this weekend, I don't know. But but yeah, him and him and Downs returning are massive. And Downs, he's, he's just so confident in his own ability as well. It's just so nice to watch him just breeze about. I know he's playing against Burton. Um, but he's added in Croy turns when he could have easily played a couple of seconds sooner and goes the other way and plays it off. And yeah, he's just a brilliant player. And I'm really pleased he's back. Okay, that brings the segue to the new signings. Two were made this week. Um, it's just always good that, you know, it's exciting when signings happen, you know, really. Uh, definitely in January, because normally it's not. Okay, David, I want to get to you in a bit. Um, but you know, normally in general, we never sign anybody. If we do, it's Josh Earl from Preston or somebody else. Um, but at least we've got two more players in the building. Uh, Josh Harrop, I've already mentioned in the intro, but Josh Harrop from Preston and Luke Thomas from Barnsley, both on loan for the rest of the season. Um, I want to go over to you then, Tom. Um, your thoughts on these two signings, also your 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 opinion on loans in general. You know, we've got Mark McGuinness on loan. Who else have we got on loan? We've got someone else, haven't we? Bennett's. Bennett's, that's the one. Of course, he's injured, standard. Um, but yeah, you're you happy with these two signings? You know, we wanted more creativity in the squad. That's what, you know, Stuart Taylor and Paul Anderson saying. So, your take on them? Yeah, cl- classic Evans going against his big beat manifesto, saying, you know, we're not going to rely on loans anymore because it's just blocking, blocking players, you know, coming through and, and giving you know, our young talent, a, a chance to shine. And obviously, Corian Darber, who we've all said good things about, he's gone. It looks like Donatian's on his way out as as well. I mean, in, in terms of the two that are in, Luke Thomas, for me, is a good signing for, for two reasons. One, he had something we, we don't have. Pacey winger, he'll give service to the strikers. He's more match fit. He's played 19 games, seven starts. He seems more of someone who can just, like, plug in and play you can drop him in and he'll he'll make a he'll make a difference. Josh Harrop, obviously, I'm excited because he's a championship player. You've got the Man United pedigree, you know, set pieces. That's great. But that number 10 slot is so, you know, oversubscribed. 
you know, I might be over romanticizing it, but you know, it used to be that we'd give younger players a chance and we'd give them a, a run in the side. And I feel like I'd like it so much more if Dobra was actually given a, a run of four or five games. You know, he had that Premier League interest. So from Brighton as well, who were very good at scouting, who scouted very good players and brought in very good players, they can't be stupid. So to my mind, it's like, whilst I'm excited to championship talent, it, it comes back to the same point with, with Evans. It's like, why are we developing someone else's player? Why are we bringing in someone who, you know, just to help him get into Preston's first team next season? But having said that, if he brings goals, then I'm, I'm not going not gonna to complain. But I just feel bad for Dobra. I, I really rate Dobra. I think he's really good. He's really exciting. He's one of those players where he's very mercurial. Obviously, we had the, is it the Accrington game last, last season where he got sent off? But then again, he can produce some some creativity. So whilst I'm excited with signings, I think for me, Luke Thomas is the better one. And as well on, on that one, obviously the, the other good thing about that is is, is Lancaster. They're obviously uh, handling with, with kid gloves because he's still young. He's had a major injury setback. For me, that's fine. If he plays less minutes, you know, he's going to be our future. So if he plays less minutes as a result of him coming in, then that's fine by me because he had a very serious injury. But blocking Dobra's path is, is just frustrating. And same as well, Judge can play that 10. That's why we signed him, you know, way back when the, the relegation season. So like um, like John said, why, why have him out on the wing? Why not just play the players in the best position? It frustrates me when Paul Lambert's arrogance just thinks like, I know better. I just want to put a square peg in it and around... Uh, round hole but yeah but overall please you've got to be happy with signings and it's not you know someone rubbish so yeah fingers fingers crossed they make a quick impact definitely and i'm gonna go over to you brad next um as as tom said you know luke thomas has played a few games this season which is good normally when we bring loan players in it's they haven't they've just come back from injury or they haven't even played at all but that's one good positive about these and i've watched the highlights everyone does you watch their show reels and stuff you go wow that's amazing. Some of it is probably about a year or two ago, but it's still, you know, quality there. But your take on this and, you know, loans, you know, we've had some good ones in the past, like Tom Lawrence. Some people think Tom Lawrence and Harrop are sort of similar, aren't they? What, what are you thinking? <laughs> with, with a... <laughs> <laughs> I think he's pouring another drink. Might be best for him to mute oh. it when he goes to get a drink. <laughs> Oh, is that you. me? You had yeah, the wine, did you? Yeah. <laughs> my my sincerest apologies. I always find conversation flows best when you've got a nice glass of red. Yes. <laughs> Brad, take it away. Yeah, I feel, well, we've, we've brought these two in because we need to get out of this lead. Um, and for me, they're a significant upgrade on what we've got. I know that we'd, we'd, we'd all like to develop Dobra. We'd all like our youngsters to come through, but it's going to take time and there's time that Lambert hasn't given them. So it's 25 games to go, so it shouldn't be panic stations, but it feels like it a little bit when you've got 10, 10 days left in this window. Um, and yeah, Thomas, he's going to bring pace, energy, uh, same sort of stature and build to Ryan Fraser, probably nowhere near as good, but he's got his similar attributes and he's going to get people off their um, seats at home. And um, he, I've seen him play a couple of times and he's He's just like, he's, he's everywhere. And he's, when you have Edwards on one side or the left, 
Uh, Thomas on the right, two direct winners who want to beat a man, want to run at a man. Um, I think that's a good sign, and I think it will prove to be a good sign. He's not exactly a box of tricks. Um, he will just purely beat someone because he is that quick. He just knock it past somebody and it is gone. And against the lead one, lead one players, um, normally at the end of their career, some of their sent half. So um, hopefully you can get some joy in the coming months over them. Um, and also he had a brilliant season at Coventry, didn't he, in lead one. And a, a season where that tempted Barnsley, who got promoted, to pay 1.2 million for a lead one player. Um, to come to them. It hasn't worked out that well for him there. Uh, it's fell out with the, man- the manager currently. and But he sounds like he needs a fresh start. He's got talent. So I'm looking forward to see, seeing him add some energy and some pace. And it'll probably help out Chambers quite a bit because Chambers hasn't had a proper partner there all season, really. You could say Judge, but then Judge don't really play with anyone. Judge plays by himself. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good signing. I think Harrop is would be the more exciting signing for me if he was fit. Um, he probably he probably will be fit to maybe make the bench at the weekend. I don't think he's going to start. I think Thomas will start. You'll see him start, but I don't think Harrop will. Um, I think he'll be fed in a little bit because he's, he's even had a niddle and hamstring injury as of January of his second when Alex Neal did an interview. Um, but he's a really classy player. Great first touch. Um, yeah, he's, he's just he's what you want as a number 10. Um, and we might as well bring in somebody who can shoot from outside the box because we can't get in it. So I think it's a really good sign in having Harrop come in and hopefully Fingers Crossy stays fit because he could be the difference and seriously be the difference. Because if anyone else in this league would have signed him and Thomas, I'd be sitting here pretty jealous right now. Um, that's just the way that I'm actually really impressed with these, with these signings. Like you say, it's normally Josh Earl coming in or just someone who don't really feature very much, but these two have shown the ambition that we need and it's a shame that we've got to this point because we should never have needed these two. We should have, in retrospect, be higher up the lead, developing our own with a clear playing style, uh, bringing through the youth. But it's not happened and we know that's why, why that's happened. But Evans has shown ambition to go and get these two because I can't imagine Harrop's wages are that cheap. I don't know how much of them we're picking up. But um, I, think, I think they're two good signings. And when I look down the lead at the other signings, that teams have made. There's only really Dan Crowley for Hull, who sticks out. Um, that's the only one I'd be slightly jealous of that he's gone there. But I've, like Portsmouth for taking punts on youngsters. Um, Lincoln as well have signed at Man City youngster. Mostly unproven. So I think these two are proven players in the level above. Thomas definitely proven at this level as well. So uh, good signings for me. And fingers crossed they stay fit because it'll be sod's law they're injured by next week. <laughs> yes, they'll get the curse of Itchworth Town injuries and the treatment room. I'm sure that was a joke that someone said on Twitter saying, you know, yep, treatment room's just down now. I'll see you in a, a week or two. I'm hoping <laughs> not, though. Um, I want to go with David um, because I know he's um, going to be very different to what Brad has just said. <laughs> um, so, David, your, your thoughts on this. We'll also go into the salary cap, of course. With, you know, there's 22 players in the for the senior salary cap, so I'm going to be asking which players they're going to people are going to leave out. Um, so, David, take away your thoughts on these two signings. Um, I feel I'm being harsh to them because I think they're probably decent players. I mean, Francine really likes Harrop, keep signing him on football manager. Um, my most interested in because uh, we've needed a wide player for ages. 
Um, but my problem is, I just, you know, John said earlier on about being a bit just sort of, uh, about the whole thing with town at the moment. And it's, I mean, you, you sit and you watch the game, you, whatever, you, and you have the same attitude. And normally you get excited by a signing. I can't find excitement about these. And that's not just because they're loan signings, because Fraser was a loan signing and that was a good one. Um, other loan signings have come in and have been disappointing or not as good as you thought, but that goes with everybody. You just know that you're going to end up being all excited by it. Both of them will be on the bench at the weekend, allowing Judge to play on the wing. When one of them does come into the side, it'll be on the left of midfield so that that um, Edwards is out of position again. Either that or you find Harrop playing at left back because how can you get excited by by new signings when you've got a moron as a manager? That, that's that's sort of fundamentally my problem. Um, yeah, I hope that I mean, I hope they do well. I, I don't I don't want the town to ever lose, like John says. But it's just that point, isn't it? Well, it, it's just sort of rotating ships on ro- rotating deck chairs on a sinking ship, really. I can't. I just don't see that. Um, however good the signings potentially are, it's going to change anything because you know Judge, when he plays in the number ten role, has had a few good few games recently. He's he's played against Plymouth. He played, moved through circumstance into the middle in a good game. Then he played in the middle again um, the other day, and he he looked decent. So he's sticking back out on the wing, and he doesn't do anything. And this is the thing: is that yeah, we need okay. You need number ten because Judge isn't playing there, but that's because Judge hasn't been put there. Are there other areas which need strengthening more? In my opinion, there are. You've got the sort of um, ghost of KVY wandering the street somewhere, rattling his chains and um, stomping around in a in a um, surgical boot, presumably. Um, and two thirty-five-year-olds. We we need fullbacks. We need people who can do that more than we need a number ten. When you've got already as a number ten, you've got Dobra who could play as a number ten, not as a winger. You've got um, El Mazzuni who can play in that position. You've got Bishop who has played a few games there. But Judge, that's his ideal role, and he has played there and done reasonably well, considering he's flits all over the pitch because Lambert puts him in strange places. Edwards is potentially one of the best um, inside forwards on the left in the in the division, and he's played there a handful of times because Lambert's an idiot. So that's my problem: is it is no slight on the signings. I think that Harab is a decent player if he maintains his fitness. I think Thomas is potentially a very good signing as well, and I'm pleased that we've finally signed somebody to play on the other flank, um, which allows. Edwards to be in the right place, Judge or Harrop to be in the right place, Sears to be in the right place, Jackson to be in the right place, assuming you had somebody vaguely competent who actually knew what a footballer was and what a position was and how to select a side. But we haven't. We've got an idiot. So I'm just slightly meh. Yeah, meh. <laughs> put, put, put somebody competent in charge and I'd get all excited and I'd come over all unnecessary. But while you've got a moron... Yeah, well, you know, that David has some truth there because, you know, what if, yeah, these two players come in and basically Lambert doesn't use their ability that they surely do have? You know, Josh Harrop was at Man United. He's got that pedigree. Uh, but uh, so, I have a problem with it. Just because you came through a youth team at a club 
then doesn't necessarily make you, you know, sort of an outstanding Lee, Lee Martin. Lee, 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 Lee Martin, exactly the name I was thinking. Of. And, and I, interested, I was listening to a Sheffield United podcast the other day where and they had Lee Martin on loan and they were trying to just think about whether they could ever remember him having a vaguely competent game and they couldn't remember either. So it just because they were Manchester United then doesn't make them decent. Um, that just means that they were taken on and they were potentially decent at the age of 12. Um, I think that Harab is a decent player at this level and I think that he can do well and I think that if we had somebody decent in charge then he would do well. Um, but then if we had somebody decent in charge then I think the players we've already got would be doing better so we wouldn't need the Harab. I think the signing of Harab, not Thomas, the signing of Harab is an indication of the failure of Lambert to get the best out of the players we've already got. Um, that that That's my problem there. It's the same as um, McGuinness. And his, I, I, like, I like McGuinness. But then again, you've got Wilson, you've got Chambers, you've got uh, Wolfenden, you've got Enciala, um, you've got Andaba, uh, all, all there before you get to that. Why do you need to get another one in? When you're looking at that, it's not improving the side in the longer term. It's and it's, it's not one of those flamboyant players who you can't get. You know, Fraser and Tom and, and um, Lawrence were players who were completely out of our price range if we didn't loan them. So if, say, Thomas is that player who just adds that panache and style that tips us over the line, which is what. Um, McCarthy used to do with his loans very often until the last season. His his loan players were the ones who you couldn't possibly afford that that that, that magic, you know. That was the nature with um, Williams. And Lyons, you know, but that that was what he was trying to do, wasn't it? Yeah. So if Thomas provides that, then great. But I don't see that need in McGuinness. Um, and he's already tried to do that once with Bennett's. Is Thomas going to be the same as Bennett's comes in? I think that Thomas is a better bet, personally. But I, I just sort of, yeah. However, one player, ex-Manchester United player who we should have kept, who would have made a difference all the way through this, is Will Keane. Mm. And okay. Freddie Vesely. Alan Brad? Nah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm going to go to the man of the, um, who is the founder of the Will Keane found, um fan club and that is Thomas <laughs> yeah. your thoughts uh, I know you're a big fan of Will Keane and yeah, I agree with you I think he, he will definitely done the business business for us he's doing pretty well for Wigan you know he scored that really good goal recently so um, but yeah your thoughts on these two signings and are you a fan of loans I think Keane's got like five goals in 11 games them, hasn't he? so kind of shows you if you play if you play him how much we played then he will score for you but yeah um, in terms of Harrop and Thomas First things first, I don't like how we keep calling Thomas, we keep thinking you're talking about me. <laughs> but no. Um, LT. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny enough, um, I'm actually Thomas Luke, so that's kind of a, I don't know, but you know what I mean. Anyway, um, yeah, um, I'm quite excited by, by the loans, to be honest. Um, as, as Brad and everyone else has said, you know, they do seem quite exciting. They're going to add something to the team. But I do echo David in the fact that, one, we haven't got a manager who may not use use them to their abilities. Um, I mean, we keep saying Thomas could be on the right, we could be on the left, for all we know, on Saturday, and judge on the right. You know, it's 
God, God knows where they're actually going to play. Hopefully he plays them where they should be playing, but who knows? And secondly, um, I'm just a bit worried that the morale of the team at the moment is, is low. We're not going to get the best out of them anyway. It's, um, they're coming into a team that's, even though we're sort of still in the playoff hunt in League One, it's not great at the club at the moment. Um, you know, we're just managing to beat Burton and losing to the top six teams, which they could make a difference for, admittedly. But it's it's all kind of a, a bit of a worry there in terms of getting the best out of them, considering how we're playing ourselves. They could make a difference. Um, it remains to be seen. So that's, that's probably my main worry about bringing them in. But um, I think I mentioned last week about loans as well, how, yeah, it's good to bring in loans, but I don't think we need some of the players we've got. You know, we've got McGuinness when we've got, we've got McGuinness in for us from Arsenal and we're developing him. And yet, and then the Darby's been shipped out to Ayers and they're developing him for us and we could just develop him ourselves. And, you know, same with Bennett, we brought him in, developing him when Dobber or Lancaster could be playing there. And now, obviously, Thomas has taken that role as well. So it's, um, for me, especially where we are at the moment, we could be using our own players. But again, as David and Brad said themselves, you know, it's the reason we're bringing in Harrop and Thomas is because Lambert has failed as a manager and we need to bring these players in to try and basically save him his season. Um, basically, what is 10th life? He's definitely got more than the cat. But yeah, um, that's the way I see it. And we'll just see what happens. You're quiet, Ross. I've done a John and I. Well, he moved it. God's sake. Oh, dear me. Anywho, I was saying, um, I left John for last in the intro, so I don't want to leave him last for this bit as well. So sorry, John. I don't mean to. I'm not doing it on purpose. It just happens. But uh, yeah, your thoughts on these two signings and, you know, how are you feeling when they were announced? Of course, they were linked for a while. Um, so how are you feeling going into it? Because I think everyone, you get excited when signings are getting linked and stuff. You, you know, you go, oh, is he going to be any good? And stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, a couple of things, Ross. Um, one, I was pleased we were linked with people who are um, more positive than... I'm not knocking Josh Hill because I actually thought he was all right, but there was nothing to get excited about him being the only signing last last year or when we bring in people like... Um, oh, what's the left back at Hull City now? What's his name? He already played for Callum Elder. Yeah, that's the sign that kind of signing that you think by the time they get fit and get playing, they're not going to have any impact. So you don't get excited about that too much. But um, I think Tom um, and Brad make some really, really good points at the beginning there with regards to the quality of the players that he's brought in. I think Thomas is the best thing I would say about Thomas is one he's been playing in the championship. Did Brad? Did you say nineteen games a season? Some from the bench and stuff, but you know. That's somebody who's fit. We're not taking a gamble on that. The, the slight question mark is his attitude. If you look at the comments his manager at Barnsley's made about him today, it sounds a bit like sour grapes to me. It doesn't sound, you know, I think we, we give him a fresh start, give him a go and see what happens. But the, the, the manager at Barnsley has been saying he's got a poor attitude. But maybe he felt hard done to. I don't. I don't know what that's about. But he's going to come in and hopefully hit the ground. So I am quite excited about that. Um, I also like what I've the brief bits I've seen um, of the Preston lad um, whose name is now just escaped me. Um, Arab. Yeah, that's the Arab. fella. Um, but 
he's a little bit more of a question mark, isn't he, because of his fitness. Um, the positives for me and how I was feeling was it was nice that we complete the deals that were rumoured to be. You know, and when Harrop didn't quite sign when we first thought he might, you suddenly start thinking, oh, he's injured while he was doing his medical or he fell over this, you know, on his first visit to Portman Road or something and broke his leg, you know, knowing our luck. Um, but if you take the players in isolation, I think that, they're, as Brad said, they're an upgrade. My issue, and a little bit like uh, what David and Thomas have been saying, is it's about Lambert and the squad balance because I think we've already played four players in that number 10 position this year. If I'm correct, we've played Bishop, Judge, Lancaster and Dobra. All four are still fit when El Mazzuni's now back. So there's technically five who could play there. And now he's the sixth. So we've got six players in contention. He obviously doesn't fancy Idris this year. So let's put him to one side because he may go out on loan. But we've still got Bishop, George Lancaster and Dobra who were in and around the team when they're fit. So he's brought in a fifth player. Now, okay, I look at that. Then I look at fullback. Our two 35-year-old fullbacks, Miles Kenlock is nowhere to be seen and is not anywhere close to Stephen Ward at Ward's best. And even though Ward's dropped back, Kenlock's still nowhere near as good as that. We've got Chambers, as 35-year-old, who's clearly a fit guy because he puts in a shift for Ipswich. I know he's got his critics, but he doesn't miss many games for us, does he? And he gives his all. But he is 35. We've got our uh, next right back and potentially next left back in Danassian being linked to leave. Yet we've brought in a, a fifth player for a number 10 position. So surely we should be loaning Judge out or sending Dobra and Idris and uh, Lancaster out on loan because what is the point of having such a bloated midfield squad? And I just, I just don't understand. It's like, oh, he's available, so I'm getting get him. It's a bit like championship uh, football manager, or championship manager, where you see a good player. Oh, he played well against us. I'll go and sign him or whatever. But actually, if you don't need that person, that position, you know, maybe it says our players aren't good enough. Maybe it says our coaching and our strategy and our um, formation doesn't work for our players. So I'm just less excited about um, Harrop. Um, I think Thomas will make an immediate impact, um, and he is an upgrade. Um, I'm concerned about. I'm, I'm really concerned about the fullbacks because I think we need to sign a fullback. Um, I don't want to see Danassian go. I'd rather see him in the team um, and move Chambers into the centre half. Um, are we going to give up um, Keenan Bennett's loan? Should we just cancel that now? Because what's the point of having yet another loan player who's not going to play because he's injured? Um, the challenge I would like to say is, right, we've got two players who are coming in from the championship who, on paper, if they play to their capabilities, are definitely going to help us. We've got Downs, Norwood, Bishop and Edwards on the way back to better fitness, maybe not fully fit, but... Where's the excuse now then? He's brought in the two players he wanted. He's brought he's got his players back. Um so I just think there's no excuses now. If those two players give us a boost, which they might, it might change our season. 
I think it's a lot to ask it all to happen because I think it's going to be too little too late. I hope I'm wrong. But like, you know, like every Saturday you get excited about a match and by about four minutes in, you go, shit, it's the same old situation here. I hope these players are going to come and make an impact and lift the players around them and lift us all, all of us fans as well. But can I see it happening? I'm just not sure because like David said, I, I'm not sure the man in charge is good enough. And we might beat teams because we've got bet some better players, but I don't think we're set up better than some teams who've got uh, more average players than we have. So um, I, I'm just confused. I go back to McGuinness as a loanee. I've got nothing against McGuinness as a player. I think he's getting better. He's making less mistakes. He had a really good game alongside Toto. But why have we got a lone centre-half when we could move our captain back to centre-half? We could play... Um, Toto every week and we could sign a fullback because we actually need one because at the end of this season um, at the end of the season um, the 35 year olds are going to be 36 we haven't got fullbacks so surely we should be signing our fullbacks that we need unless he doesn't think he's going to be here next year and then he's making short time signings to try to save his bacon so interesting times okay then now, us what you're laughing at. Just the nod that John did at the end there, saying, yeah, you can turn the kettle on again now. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly the score, Thomas. Get them to the room, turn the kettle on, I went. And then the yeah, there you went. The kettle back on, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. There we go, from Kettle Talk to Liam. Liam, I've just seen crew. They've got a promotion push going on. Good old Liam, you know, good old crew. Um, they're currently above us but like on goal difference. Um, but anyway, move on to, to the transfers. Um, just to round it up and then also add on to that, um, you know, the salary cap that we mentioned, which senior player, senior players are you getting rid of? And then we'll get everyone else's thoughts as well. But we'll start with you. Um, well, I mean, crew are doing exactly what crew have been doing for years and years and years. They're producing young players and selling them on. Well Going forward, um, uh, they've just sold uh, their captain and fullback uh, Perry NG to someone. Uh, I think it was Cardiff actually, who just sat Neil Harris today. Um, so that, that that's a good signing for Cardiff. Uh, he's he's been a, a very good player with Crew. Um, going back to us, <laughs> it, for me, the, the the key point about the signings is. Um, making a difference and i think these two will make a difference i the point i want to make about the whole debate about the number 10 because i think harrop will make a difference if he played we've got two big games coming up the, these are two season defining games because if, if if we don't get um i mean we'll probably talk about this in a sec but if if we don't get probably a minimum of four points out of out of that out of those two. They're both at home, so uh, we, we've got to get a, a good amount of points out of them. I think, regardless of maybe the concern about Harrop, he, he's got through the medical. If if you sign those two, you play him on Saturday and you play him next Tuesday if they come through it. More in Harrop's case, obviously. Um, than Thomas um, because 
because there doesn't seem to be an issue with Thomas's fitness. Uh, I mean, everything that's been said about Thomas, I think, is is, is great. Um, the fact that he's been playing games, he's had an impressive spell at this level before. Um, and I think he will give something different. He's direct and he, he's willing to drive and, and put the ball uh, put the ball in the box uh, or run at his, at his fullback. I mean, we, we go back to the Swindon game uh, a couple of weeks ago where Paul Caddis was on a yellow card for 80 minutes and we didn't once put him under pressure by trying to run him. Um, and, and he had a comfortable game throughout it. I think having two pacey wingers is going to make a difference. I think he'll be a bigger difference than Bennett's, who I have to say is, is throughout the time he's been at the club, it just makes it seem, it kind of, it, it's a bit confused thinking because he, he's, he seems to have a lot of talent, um, but he's, I think at the moment he's just quick. And I think that was what Town bought him in for just pace but positionally he's a bit all over the place and, and he runs into cul-de-sacs more often than not I think Thomas I think having played at a higher level and been playing matches I think think you're going to see a lot more consistency from him um, and I think the key point that John's been making about the fullbacks is I do have concerns about obviously having two 35 year old fullbacks but I think Having uh, there's been a lot of talk about Thomas, and and some of it has been about how good his defensive play is. But out of possession, he is he he's been praised for for how good he is out of possession. And I just think that if we if especially if Edward stays fit, but we have two um, really good attacking wingers who are willing to give a bit more defensive solidity to the fullbacks at the same time, then you might see the pressure just be taken a little bit off Chambers and Ward. Although, again, that's not me saying that I, I, I would be happy just to continue without those, um, uh, without someone being there to kind of, I suppose, take the pressure off the fact that we've got two 35-year-old fullbacks. Um, but I think that might help. The, the key thing about the number 10, though, for me, is that I don't think we've been playing a number 10 all season. We, we've been playing this 4-3-3, and it's been a flat, flat free. The, the, there hasn't been anyone really playing in that hole between the midfield and the defence of the opposition. It, it, it's It's... It's all been flat and, and no one's really been making those runs into those areas. Um, and that's why we're lacking creativity. Um, and I think that the encouraging thing for me is, and it shouldn't be this way because as people have said, we've got a number 10. We've got plenty of number 10s. But I think the fact that they have seen Harrop and that they wanted Harrop and all the talk so far about the signing is that they've earmarked him specifically for this role. I'm hoping that that will mean that we do now have a number 10, a proper number 10, someone who is going to play in that hole. Um, and potentially, 
I mean, if that means having to drop Bishop, well, I mean, it's harsh, but I think, I think at the end of the day, Bishop just coming back from injury, someone who um, obviously doesn't have a particularly great record when it comes to staying fit. I think that takes the pressure off him a little bit. Um, and it might push standards up as well. I mean, if you have a bit of competition now, it, it might just might just push everybody else's up. A little bit of, of quality that have come in, it might just raise everybody else's level a, a tad to get it going. I do have concerns about Lambert, and I still have my concerns that, that his stubbornness to stick to the formation um, that as it is at the moment with the one up front and clearly there is no support behind him um, as I say with this flat three um, but it's all just going to be a house of cards and, and, and fall on its flat on its face but I'm hoping that um, in Harrop's case I'm hoping that that is the case that we do have someone who is going to um, play in that hole and the wing, the winger, certainly uh, Thomas. That that's going to make a difference because we needed someone there. Lancaster for me is more of a winger than he is a number ten, so that wouldn't bother me about Harrop Harrop taking that position. Um, people talking about Dobra, um, El Mazzuni. I mean, El Mazzuni, I think shouldn't be in the conversation. To be honest, he hasn't been here. He's been on loan, and at this stage with what, what town need to do, I, I think just send him back out on loan at the moment. You know he's not going to be in the reckoning. Dobra has, and I do feel bad for Dobra because he's been put out wide and not in the tent. Um, but Dobra, um, and given Dobra a bit of a chance in the tent, we could have seen what he was about. But again, he's young and raw and town... I think now we're at the stage, and we, we come to this about ta- uh, Lambert's mismanagement and that the, the players that he's had at his disposal that should be good enough haven't produced it. Um, but if Harrop is going to come in, I, I think Dobra needs to go out on loan. Um, and then Judge, it is, it is unfortunate. For, for, for me, if Judge plays on Saturday, I will be completely and utterly pissed off because the fact of the matter is I, I unless Harrop is not fully fit and I would hope that they've signed him with a, a, a with a, a, that he is going to be fit enough to play on Saturday then the two new signings come in and for me that means judge has to sit on the bench um but if he plays then it, it's going to annoy me so much um because obviously he's been shoehorned somewhere. Um, but, I mean, at this time of the season, I think people have talked about McGuinness, talked about Bennett's, and they are strange. They are strange signings, because I, I, I don't know why they were needed um, in the summer. Uh, but at this time of the year, in January, when it's a bit harder to do deals, You've got a lot of players who probably want to play more um, or have been coming back from injury and maybe need some game time, get away. I, I do get the point about developing other p- 
people's players. But I think Harrop and Thomas are different because they are players that should be first team ready already. They're not young players like Bennett, who has hardly probably, and McGuinness, who hasn't played a first team game. And I just think that having um, having these two who are first team players come straight in, I just think that will make a big difference. And I think that's what is the good thing about the loan system. You talk about his um, Evans's uh, plan about not relying on loans, and yeah, you, you you don't want to rely on loans, but I think having a couple of loans to make a difference is a good thing. And at this time of year, I think this is the best time to make loans, especially in the situation Town are in, because we don't want Lambert, we don't want him. In the uh, still um, as manager, um, and who knows if if Town don't get promoted, he's going to go. There's going to be a massive, probably clearance in the summer. I mean, do we then want two permanent signings from January that Lambert's bought in that a new manager wouldn't want? So I think these two loans are very good for this time of year. Um, and I think hopefully they will make a difference. We'll soon find out. As for players going out um, to make the, the salary cap, I think there are a few candidates. I mean, Hughes hasn't done it, and I think he'll be let go in the summer, so I think he can be released from it. Danassian, um, it, it looks like he is going. Again, I think I think it is a mistake, but at the time I said on Monday, I think if he's not going to be played, then just get rid of him and, and try and get someone else in. Um, I just think it's a waste, an absolute waste. And for him, it's a shame because he should—he wants to play football and he should deserve to play football. Um, and the fact that he's just being kept here and he's got two 35-year-olds in front of him for either the fullback roles, I think is just disgraceful, to be honest. He's not done anything wrong, but um, he, he's obviously obviously got some beef with Lambert and previous um, association, and uh, he's not getting a look in. I also think that obviously Scoose as well um, could be cut. I mean, is he going to play on next season? I don't know. Um, is he going to still be at town next season? probably unlikely at the moment. So that there's three players that you can cut instantly and, and have a bit more manoeuvring in the side, the salary cap to maybe at least get one full back in this winter um, window. And um, obviously, uh, as we hope, give town that little bit of difference to hopefully get them back into the championship. Okay. I'm brave, Liam. <laughs> that was the longest segment ever, but great, great, great words. I, 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 I was thinking that I have a reputation for banging on. <laughs> that was 10 minutes. I, I just asked you what you thought of the signings, but, but, but there we go. Uh, I'm sure so, the listeners enjoyed it. But uh, no warning, by the way. No warning till back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, good, 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 um, good words there, Liam. Um, and then, all to you as well. The salary cap coming into play. Uh, which senior players uh, are you leaving out? I want to go over to you, Tom. Um, not Thomas, Tom. Um, which player or players, senior players, are you going to leave out? 
just going on to what Liam said as well, <clears throat> I live about walking distance from, from Newport's uh, ground, Rodney Parade, and I saw Perry and G play against Newport, and I was so impressed. He was a very assured, very calm, very good um, right back. And I remember when when we signed KVY, David Artel said, you've missed out on the best right back in League Two. And I was like, oh, I'm not so sure. And that could have been our sliding doors moment. You know, KV Wise is the missing man. Are we going to see him? Does he exist? You know, is he ever going to be seen in a town shirt this season? Maybe, maybe not, considering our records. But had we signed him, maybe he would have been making an impact this season. But in any case, um, it's going to be Danassian that goes, isn't it? As, as shocking as, as that is, because I think especially with the salary cap, you want a utility player and he can play multiple positions, you know, right back, left back. Uh, left back, you know, Lambert's obviously got him pegged as a centre-back from 10 years ago, so he can play there as well. It just seems biz- utterly bizarre to me that we're letting a player go who can play in so many different positions, and I agree with what John said completely as well. Switch Chambers to centre-back. You know, he's an older player now, put him in his best position. I can, I'd bet my bottom dollar that Danassian is quicker than Chambers, Obviously, you can't fault Chambers' uh, work ethic. But, yeah, for me, letting Danassian go would, would be a, a big mistake. For me, and you're probably going to like what I'm about to say, Ross, the name I'm about to give, uh, the chicken man, Miles Kenlock. Um, what's he done? Where is he? Um, he's obviously behind Stephen Ward. Yeah, why why have him? Why have him around? He's he's one of those players now. I, I looked at his age on Google today. He's 24 so he's coming to that age where really he should he's coming to like the peak peak sort of era of, of his career and he hasn't done anything for us at all and he's been utterly woeful. So I just think I would rather see him go and keep Danassian, who's a decent player who can play multiple positions, than than have him on the books. Agree with Scoose as well. I like Scoose. He's one of those players that, that you just need as a filler player. You know, you're never going to get anything spectacular from him. But you're always going to get, you know, six or seven out of ten. And, and sometimes that is good. But given his injuries and, and where he's at this season, obviously, he, he hasn't played. So he's an obvious candidate to go. And the same with Emmy Hughes as well. Curse of the loan signing, uh, you know, gone permanent. You know, it's, it's 50-50 with those. You know, obviously, we had Jimmy Bullard back in the day, lit it up when he was on loan. Then nothing happened. And it seems sort of the same with Emmy Hughes. We all remember the, the lovely, you know, Van Basten-style volley against Newcastle and he just has not lived up to it at all. And obviously he's been unlucky with injuries, but he's he's been missing this season and he'll be another player, I'm, I'm sure, to go this season. But yeah, it's, it's Paul Lambert's, you know, shocking mismanagement and, you know, arrogance that he believes that Danassian is a centre-back because he saw him at 18, despite the fact he hasn't played there for for all of his career and he has some good game track Quinton at, at right back it's just yeah it's, it's just bizarre it, again it's like uh, like David said if we had a competent manager we'd been in a much better position so yeah it's one of those frustrating things that you're just screaming at, you know the article's just like why is this happening why are we having the same mistakes over and over again there we go and I know some listeners said this sometimes this show can be depressing but I think we've had our moments today, so hopefully I've enjoyed it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm going to go over to Brad next. Um, I'm sure you're going to echo what Liam and, and Thomas said about players that will be left out of the 
you know, the senior players left out. Um, any other names going to chuck in there or are you going to say similar? No, just straight shot for me, Emmett Hughes. Um, I look at the midfield, you've got, for me, three each for each role. So I've got Dazelle, McGavin, Stews, if he ever appears at Holden Field. Um, I've got Nolan, um, Downs, and I'd actually say Bishop as the number eight because I think Bishop's better as a number eight. He's not a number 10 for me. Bishop's best when he has space to run into. And if he's playing as an absolute 10, he's not going to get space to run into if he's sort of on the 18-yard box. Um, and then I'd put Judge, Harrop, Dobra as, as 10s. So for me, Emir Hughes um, just hasn't lived up to it, has he? And he's, he's had, he's had he said to himself, he gave himself no excuse for the season. He's got to do it, and he, he hasn't done it, I'm afraid. Um, I think he might, he might find a home back where you are, Tom, maybe at Newport, I don't know, being Welsh and all that. But, but yeah, um, and just quickly on Liam's thing, I think these two, I know it's harping back a bit, but these two players that are being brought in are being asked so much to create, and it's just been put on by Lambert, because Lambert's blaming our players as though, oh, they're not good enough, they can't, they can't create chances. Well, I'm sorry, it's you that's the problem, Lambert. You, you, you are the one who organises the team, the shape, the structure, the style of play. We're not creating chances because of Paul Lambert. Players are stuck to their positions, they're rigid, they're not, uh, they're not fluid. And he's bringing in these two, expecting them to create something out of nothing. And if they don't, then you're going to get the guys like David and Jonathan saying, who, who are a little bit pessimistic about it, they're going to be proved right because they're going to have too much pressure on them to create something out of nothing. And when you look at players who'd want to be leaving out, I don't want to be leaving out Danassian. Um, but I think he's going to go. And I think, equally, I'd probably have been more happy if we brought in a right-back and left-back this window. Um, I think that they, those two positions would make a hell of a difference if we brought in, say, I'd even say the name James Bree. I'd say Tom Pierce from Wigan as a left-back. I think if you brought in two young attacking full-backs, that's what would make us 4-3-3, rather than laying all the problems at your door that it's your players that can't create when in actual fact, Mr Lambert, it's you who doesn't know how to break an opposition team down. But, um, yeah. <laughs> hey then, I want to go over to, to John next. Um, I'm sure you're going to agree with Brad said about Hughes living him out. Um, you've mentioned it a few times already, but um, any other names as well? Yeah, I agree with Hughes. I mean, and none of us say that with any kind of uh, hatred. It's more sadness, really, isn't it? Because... We all know that he's a he's he's not lived up to what he's capable of. Um, I, I I really always enjoy listening to what Brad says about players because he's 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 got a really good understanding of uh, um, players at other clubs and tactical awareness and stuff. Um, for me, we have too many midfielders. You know, Bishop Downs now Harrop. That's probably your. With Dizelle, there's the three of your four. If you like, you know, are you playing Harrop as the number 10? Are you playing Bishop alongside Downs? Are you playing Dizelle alongside Downs? So you add in Nolan, you add in Judge, Hughes. I would put McGavin above Hughes at the moment, you know, for doing the job. Absolutely. El Mazzuni, you got Lancaster, who I, I wasn't earlier on promoting Lancaster as a, 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 as a 10, by the way, but... He has played there. Um, I prefer him out on the uh, on the right hand side. But you got for me, 
you've probably got to release a midfielder and it won't be Nolan because he signed a new contract right at the beginning of the season. I think it was probably September time when him and um, Thomas Holy signed new deals. So if Judge isn't going to play, then maybe you'll you get a deal for him. If if Hughes is now sitting on the bench, oh, sorry, in the stands as he was on Saturday, it's maybe time to be fair to Amir Hughes and say, right, let's go, go and find a club now, Amir, go and have a fresh start. Um, but honestly, I would probably, you know, also send Bennett's back. I know he's uh, he's only twenty one, so I don't know how he falls within the uh, the age um, for the, the squad. But what's he going to do now with two extra players in that um, midfield contention? Bennett's is going to get nowhere near. As Tom rightly said, I've been an admirer of Skews for a long time. He does the dirty work the unselfish work really well, steady, and he's a good team player. But if he isn't, I don't know how close he is to being back on the grass and nearly at it and all that kind of thing. If he's not anywhere near fitness, he has to be left out of the squad, doesn't he? Because what's the point of having... And Tristan Nydam's in the squad, isn't he? Nobody's mentioned Nydam. He's got. He's in the 22. I'm sure he is. I'm, I'm almost positive he, he is. Um, so where's Tristan Nydam at the moment? Um, so if he's in, in the 22, then surely that needs to be looked at. So, you know, I'm, I'm just disappointed with what we've got in terms of balance. I do think in, in hindsight, I don't think we should have McGuinness in the squad. Um, because we've got Toto, we've got Wilson, we've got Chambers, and we've got Wolfie as our four centre-halves. I would rather get an Arsenal young lad at left-back or right-back to come and make a difference. Um, you know, because we're crying out for cover at full-backs. And Ward, I'm not being silly, the first six weeks of the season, Ward looked really good. And and I've got no doubt he's adding quality in his um, vocal um, confidence, his leadership on the pitch and experience but his performances are tailed off. And you're not telling me that playing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday for the next five weeks after after this weekend, I think, maybe even six weeks, that he's going to suddenly get fitter and be more match up. He's, he's going to be shattered up, you know. So where's our cover? So I think we still need to go out and sign a fullback. And if he lets Danassian go and doesn't bring in a fullback of, of any description, I think it says a lot about the coaching staff and management because it's just silly. So that's, I think, all I need to say. Um, so, yes, Thomas, David, I'm sure you're going to echo uh, what all the guys have said. I'm going to go to you last, David, because I'm going to segue <laughs> to your favourite um, your favorite team who we're playing on Saturday. Yeah. I'm going to get into that. <laughs> um, of course, Peter Barra-Posh. Uh, but, um, Thomas, which player are you, you um, going to be saying... You're not getting into the team. Uh, for me, it'd be it'd be common sense. It'd be Kolskis. I mean, love the guy. He did dirty work. He never really had a bad game for us, but hasn't played this season. We haven't seen him at all. He's been injured for most of it, and his legs have basically gone now. Um, you know, he's coming to the end of his career. I think it's time for him. If he's if we need to cut someone, it would be Skoos because you know, like I say, he's he's close to retirement, and he's he obviously wants to get into coaching. I mean, he's got a got a role at a school somewhere hasn't he I think so, so yeah so 
you know, he's obviously looking to go into that role at some point. So surely now's the time, you know, just finish your career now, um, look, look to go into coaching at the club if that's what you want to do. And then, you know, you look at your future like that. And I think, to be honest, it was a bit of a mistake given the contract at the beginning of the season. Um, he's, he's obviously, I know he's an experienced head, but um, his sort of legs has gone by the time the end of the season. And we've got Downs who can fill that void. Um, so yeah, uh, when it comes to that, I, I say Cole Scoose, but obviously I don't want Denashin to go. I think he's a good cover, like Tom said, all over the back. He played left back at Aberton as well, didn't he? So um, he can cover all, all those bases. But if he was to go, just a, a small sort of topic to fill. Um, we haven't got cover at the right back so much then, but I know that um, I spoke about today with other people as well, but Wolfenden can always fill that void if need be. Um, I mean, he did it against Southend last season when KVY, that was when he just got under the invisible cloak and never been seen again. So um, th- there is that the chance that Wolfenden can always fill that void if need be and move over if we do need the cover. Um, but I don't want Nation to go. Um, it's been unfairly treated by Lambert um, just because he didn't buy us some haggis at Villa for some reason. Um, but but yeah, and then also, I guess another name you could put in there is Freddie, who, with the Colchester link, um, if if they're going to come in for him, then he's an option that you could take up to help with the wage cap. Um, always, I've always been a fan of Freddie, but obviously Mick and Lambert have both done it, have played him out of position, and he's just deteriorated since he's been here. Um, I think if you play him in his position, a front two, he'd excel. Um, obviously he's getting older now so it's a bit different now but when we first signed especially under Mick he put on the left and kind of unfortunately deteriorated for us and it didn't work for, work out for him and then just before when Lambert came in he put him in the front the front position as a striker scored those goals for us and unfortunately got injured and he hasn't been the same since so um, if Colchester were going to come in for him that'd be the option to take to help with the salary cap definitely Okay, then, David, it's probably been the longest wait for you to speak um, ever on the podcast. So uh, well, I've got so much to say now. You just, like, just take, take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so take it away. Um, at the end of the salary cap chat, I want to go into the posh, you know, posh game. Um, you know, last season, you know, before the <laughs> pandemic hit, we lost 4-1. And uh, I know you uh, a passionate chat after the game. And, of course, the posh fans were not happy about what you said. Um, but yeah, which players are you thinking? Yeah, don't get in the squad. Um, of course, I'm obviously you're a big fan of Genoi. A lot of us are, but it looks like he's off. But um, your take on everything? Uh, before I do that, then what Brad said, um, the pressure going on you know, Harrop and Thomas to be those creative players is is absolutely right, and it's like. So many fans, when you're not scoring goals, go, you need a striker, you need a striker. You need that 20-goal a season, we need to sign a striker. You don't necessarily. Under Mick, one of my big problems wasn't our lack of goals. It was the lack of chances. If you're creating chances, the goals will come. Under Mick, we didn't create those chances. And it didn't matter what striker you had. You could have had Rudvad Nieselroy in his prime, and they wouldn't have scored any goals if the ball doesn't come to them in the right places. If your striker... You think back to Gwenchev and Paz when they both disappeared off to different corner flags and there was nobody in the middle. If they, so relying on those two new players to do be, be creative and just they're, they're the final pieces and suddenly it's all going to work 
doesn't work if you're playing really slowly across the back and you're not putting them in the right positions to be able to create those chances. Um, and it strikes me yet again that you, you've got um, somebody who's totally inept and doesn't know his ass from his elbow in charge, basically. We, we did, you know, what, your wonderful wish list, and I'm, I'm still waiting for the for the, to um, somebody to start rubbing Ross so that he the, the genie comes out. That's <laughs> <laughs> slightly wrong. <laughs> um, Move on. Different podcast. Um, I wanted a a proper strategy for transfers for the squad, and since Lambert's come in and. Whether or not you, he, he did it too quickly, whether he got the right players, all of those sort of things. First, you thought he had a plan. He knew how he wanted the play and he was going to set up and he bought the players to do that. He didn't get very long to do it. Whether that's right or wrong, you can never tell with hindsight. I do think that Lambert's been given way more chances than Hurst ever was. Um, and I think that if I was Hurst and looking at Lambert now, I'd be really rather pissed off, frankly. But Lambert hasn't created the squad that's his. If you look at the players there, he hasn't created a squad in his own image. He hasn't created those, that, those sort of things. He hasn't cleared people out. We've got far too many players. And you haven't got a leanness to it in terms of the quality. You haven't got, you've got too many players wandering around doing not a lot. Ken Locke, we've talked, various people have talked about. He's obviously not going to do anything. Besides, run slightly strangely as you've just suggested, Russ. It's whether or not. I mean, I, I don't dislike Kenlock, and I think that some of the criticism last season, particularly, was unfair because he had Judge in front of him, and Judge is a waste of space on the left, and he left him completely exposed. But Kenlock's not going to do it here. Um, one of my favourite ones here, Enciala. Um. I know he can have the occasional good game, but that he's 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 like Titus Bramble, but without the quality. Um, because Bramble used to be brilliant for eighty nine minutes and then balls up somewhere and it would be a goal. So, Enciala, why? Um, you, you you've got um, Wilson, you've got Andabi, you've got Chambers, you've got Wolfenden, you've got McGuinness there. You don't need him as well. You know, look at it long term. Look at his quality over the time. You know, no, that's not going to happen. None of this is going to happen. Skews, is, we're not going to see him this season. He's a waste of a, a, a spot. Whether or not you keep him on as a player coach next season or whatever, it doesn't matter. That You're not going to see him play this season. So a simple way of clearing up a slot is to have a quiet word and go, look, you're not playing this season. It's, we're not shuffling you out the door. We're just freeing up a spot. Hughes, definitely, because Hughes is he's shot, isn't he? Um, Nolan. He, he, I know he had a little purple patch at the start of the season, but he, with the best will in the world, what is his role? Where does he fit into that side? You know, is he an attacking midfielder? He's not a defensive one. He's, he's not a Tommy Miller. He's not um, Scusi. You know, when he went off injured after about five minutes a little while ago, we looked better without him. He was woeful in those first seven minutes. He, he, he was absolutely awful. You know, 
He and Hughes are trying very hard to make us think in a reminiscent and wistful way about the great days of Jonathan Douglas, aren't they? Um, which you might think is a hard thing to do. You know, up front, Sears, if you're not playing him as a striker, he's a waste of space. He's a striker. He needs to be playing alongside somebody else. He's not a winger. Um, it's, we've got Bennett, who's done very, very little. And I know he doesn't count towards the salary cap because he's um, under 21, but what's his purpose? If you're signing Thomas, what's his purpose? And we've got a whole load of them. If you take out all of those players and Hawkins, who I've just mentioned, you've still got 22 players in that squad. And that's before you go into El Mazzuni and people like that. That's a huge squad of people who were consistently over several seasons been underperforming. I just want somebody to sit down with a not a piece of software, not sort of some super duper mega scouting thing, just a piece of paper, a list. This is what I want from my first team. This is my second choice. So you've got choices in every single position. Two or three young, youngsters who are bubbling under. You think, yeah, they could make an impact. The rest of them, off. Not interested. Put them in the stiffs. Send them out. Simple as that. It, we seem to collect new players without ever letting anybody go. Um, you know, and unless there's a sort of a, some sort of weird sort of bunker which Lambert's just stashing them and that's why they get injured because they're trapped in a cupboard somewhere why? You know we don't need to have all of those players, we've got too many of them um, yeah, Kenlock, Enciala probably McGuinness for me Skews, Hughes, Nolan, Sears, Hawkins Bennett's all surplus requirements as far as I'm concerned they're out the door, there are a couple of others in the longer term who I have out the door as well um, but Danassian isn't one of them. Danassian needs to start um, and Lambert needs to piss off so Danassian can get a game. I'd rather have Danassian in the club than I would Lambert. Okay, then. David has spoken. Um, I'm gonna, Therefore, I'm, it will happen. <laughs> um, you, you haven't been robbing me properly, David. I don't know why I've just said that, but I uh, move on. Peter Barra. Peterborough, yes. <laughs> My favourite team. Your favourite team, um, of course, Peterborough. They're in the playoffs. You know, there's some players I wish we had. You know, Dembele, Smoddix, um, Johnson, Clark Harris, who we were, of course, interested in. You know, he's scoring. Once again, they replaced Tony with another goal-scoring striker. Once again, he's a striker that's got service, probably. That's why he's scoring the goals. But uh, how are you feeling going into this one? Uh, oh, the Sunderland game as well. Two big games at home. Uh, Peterborough, we're going to get caned. Um, partly on, I mean, significantly, it doesn't really matter about the form. It's purely on account of the fact that I absolutely despise the arrogant little bunch of shits. Um, oh, I'm annoying Peterborough fans again. Um, is it completely? Is it a completely irrational dislike? No, it's, it's sort of not. It's the same as Derby County. They've got an arrogance. Derby County haven't won anything in about 400 years. 1974, is it, for, and, under Clough? Um, and they seem to think they're sort of Billy Big Bollocks in the championship. Um, and you sort of like go, why? Forrest have got a better claim to fame than, than Derby have, but they, they, have this, they get really antsy if you suggest they've overspent and they've got a big budget and all of that. And Peterborough are the same. Peterborough occasionally have a failing season in the championship and then go back into the league. They won, they sacked Aaron Ferguson, they have a crap year, they reappoint Darren Ferguson. 
and then their man, their, their chairman says, "I'm going to resign if we don't go up because we're amazing." That's what gets on my nerves. It's the arrogance. Um, they have no more right to go up than anybody else. That, that's what annoys me. Um, yeah, we're going to get turned over because they're better. They they move the ball around better. They've got a, a system which works. They're not going to um, sit with. Um, 80 passes across the defensive line and then give it away. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get turned over because they utilise their assets better. You know, replacing a striker with a striker who scores. Recruiting, having, you know, so one person leaves for big money, you bring somebody else in who improves your side, who develops it. It's proper recruitment. It's proper coaching. It's, pro it's proper um, management of the squad, which, while I don't like Darren Ferguson, I don't think he's a hugely talented manager. He's still better than what we've got. Um, Sunderland's a different one because I think Sunderland are struggling as well. I think Sunderland are... Um, we should have beaten them up there. It's the only one of the top 10 teams we've played that I thought we had a chance to beat before and I still think we've got a chance of beating them because I think they're in a very similar position to we are I don't think that they've managed to overcome their headache from getting relegated from the Premier League they've still got people there from those days they've gone through managers they don't have a proper identity um, I, th I think that, that Sunderland is the best option this season for beating a side in the top 10 um, that we've got. Um, so, overall, um, I'm, 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 I'm going to be relatively positive. I'm going to say that um, Peterborough will beat us 4-1. Um, Norwood will get a goal because he'll snaffle a chance here and there because he's a decent striker and if you gave him service, he'd be scoring goals for fun. If you rely on him to go and search the goals out, which is what we're doing, he's not going to get those goals because he's not on the end of where he should be. Um, and then we're just going to vote because we can't properly defend. We don't have a proper structure. We're going to give them too much space. We'll make a cock up. Enciala will fall over his teeth or... Um, trip over a shoelace or give away a penalty or something like that. They'll have a rush of blood to the head. McGuinness, McGuinness against talented players. I mean, because because he's inexperienced, he's not a going him, but he gets caught sometimes out of position because he hasn't learned to read the game in that way. And have some to guide him, then I think that he can step up and NCL is not that player um, that's assuming we don't play Lambert Bingo and it's a complete change again I think Sunderland's a decent decent shout for getting that monkey over back about top top half wins I think we'll do it um, I think it'll be narrow I think it'll be 2-0 2-1 I'll go 2-1 I'll go um, I think we'll win that one and then everybody will come over all unnecessary and go there you go, promotion's on because we've beaten somebody in the top half and it's Sunderland. Ignoring the fact that Sunderland are in a similar, what are they, ninth, tenth at the moment? Um, they're not setting, it, it, it's not really beating a promotion chasing, so they're, not, they're no more promotion chasing than we are. So, one win, one loss. Sadly, it's against Peterborough, who I can't stand. <laughs> 
Definitely. Um, I'll go over to you, Tom, next. Um, how are you feeling going into this one? Um, you know, David said about recruitment. I've just looked at their, you know, they have, they've only got one lone player, um, which is Reese Brown from Huddersfield. Um, so they do do well recruitment-wise. Um, yeah, how are you feeling going into this one? Are you looking and feeling there's going to be a caning coming for town? Looks pretty bleak, doesn't it? I, I agree with David on the, those two teams. Pip posh, I hate, because of Darren McCann's Mr. Twitter mouthpiece. So just like the obviously him and Evans are different ends of the scale. Darren McCann's can't stop talking, and Evans just will not talk. So somewhere in between would be nice. But I agree with Derby as well. Just just making a mockery of fair play as well. I I agree. They they've done nothing. But anyway, digressing. Yeah, posh, not good. Clark Harris, the man who can could have been. 13 in 22 I've got. He's getting assists. He got two midweek at, at Charlton. They've got Dembele, who's who's third in the assists with six. They've got Smodix as well. This is not, not a good team for us to be, be playing now. This is a team where we'd want to play where we'd actually got some run of form together, which obviously as Ipswich Town fans is, is inconceivable. Um, but I agree with David. I think we're going to get turned over, but I'm going to be slightly more negative and say... I don't think we're even going to get a goal. I think it's going to be three 0 I'm going to go with a Clark Harris brace and a, and a Smodix uh, goal as well. Smodix, another player that we were linked to, you know, frustrating. We we couldn't get him through the door, but yeah, you. I mean, you can't knock Posh in terms of their recruitment, losing someone like Ivan Tony and, and replacing them with a very good Clark Harris. That you know, they they do know what we're doing compared to <laughs> compared to Mister Sham. But um, I agree with with David on Sunderland as well. I think. I'm a little more optimistic about this game. I'm not sure whether we'll, we'll get a win, but the good thing about Sunderland is they're very inconsistent. Um, Charlie White, he scored a hat-trick uh, the other week against Wimbledon, so he's in a bit of form at the moment, so I'd, I'd fear playing playing him against the likes of Enciala and McGuinness. Uh, they've had a reasonable uh, January. They lost against Plymouth, but they beat Wimbledon 3-0 pretty convincingly. They won the EFL Trophy got a reasonable draw at Hull, but they had a shock in December. They drew with Burton, drew with Wimbledon, lost to Wigan as well. So I, I agree. I think if I perhaps wasn't such a cynic and wasn't so negative, I'd say this is a game we can win, but I I see it as a one-all draw and I think it'll be a game where we'll be on the front foot, we'll maybe get a goal ahead, but then it'll be like a a, a last-minute equaliser and we'll just all feel very flat and apathetic and like, like John said, it would just be, oh, here we go again. Just give us some good news. But yeah, I'd I'd take a point from that game. But yeah, Posh, I can't see us getting anything. Realistically, they're, they're, they're way above where we are at the moment. Okay, then. I'm going to go over to you, Brad, next. Um, how are you feeling? Are you going to go into this one? Um, of course, Sunderland game is on telly as well, or on Sky. Of course, the Sky curse is over, but then it's sort of started with the Swindon defeat. Um but Peterborough, it's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, it is going to be a tough one. Like like Tom and David have said, I hate their arrogance. Um, but yeah, I like like they've said already. Um, Schmodix is a man to watch for me. Um, I just think he's a brilliant little player. It's almost impossible to mark. He 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 sort of like plays his number ten role, but he runs in behind his two strikers. You just you just can't follow him and. Downs, like I said earlier, has got to be on him. He cannot let him go. We can't let him out of his sight because 
Johnston Clark Harris got his assist because he's funny enough playing the number nine role, but creating for Schmodix and those three. If you take them out of the game, which is pretty much impossible to do at this level, then you might have a good chance. But if you just let Schmodix run out wherever he likes, if you let um, Dembele just ruin you of his pace, then we're not going to have a chance, really. Um, but the only chance we have is if we actually play their three-five-two. how we're supposed to with our 4-3-3. If we get up onto their, full, onto their um, wide centre-halves with our, with our wingers, Edwards and Thomas, and if we run at them isolating 1-1, one, one, one versus one, um, you then have Chambers and Ward marking the wing-backs, um, and you actually get on top of the whip because the only reason, the only way we're going to get anything from this game is if we get the ball wide and move it in, in the good areas in the wide positions. Because with a three-five-two and a four-three-three, you can create two v one. And for me, that's the only way we're going to get any joy in this game. Um, but from our tactically and manager, I can't necessarily see us doing it. Um, a little positive note: Posh haven't won away in five games, and they've only won one of seven against somebody above 18th place. So there's a little little incentive for us that we can be a tiny bit positive about, but they're, they're coming off two very good results. I watched the chart and highlights, and, when, well, Posh had a lot of chances, yes, but the two goals they scored from were big mistakes by Charlton. And Toto and McGuinness, I know they play well against Burton, but they don't feel me with any confidence of not making any mistakes against these these front three that they have. Um, but you know what? I said a couple of weeks ago um, on Twitter, I got quite a few replies. People told me what I'm, well, just told me where to go. I said we're going to win our next three. So that's one down, two to go. I'm going town three, Peterborough two, last minute winner from Josh Harrop, scenes. <laughs> In our homes. In my dreams. <laughs> In my dreams. <laughs> yeah. In your tonight. Okay, then. Well, let's see who can top that. Um, I'm going to go over to you, John. Um, of course, we're going to be playing your boy, Sunderland. Of course, not the team you support, but, you know, where you were born and raised and all that. Um, but before that, of course, Posh on Saturday. You know, you said you were <laughs> deflated and very angry for the Burton game, even though we won. It was just still not great. But this could be, it's going to be worse, possibly. Yeah, last week I changed from that narrow 2-1 win to a, predicting a 4-1 win. I put money on it just to be a prop, um, just to prove my stupidity. I, I'm struggling to find the positivity to against uh, Posh. I just, it would need a new players to do it and all of us to be really on form. That's hope rather than expectation. It's not based on any evidence at the moment. Um, so I'm going to go, you know, Brad's right with his tactical awareness. Tom and David made some really good points there. So I'm not going to say too much more. I think, I think it'll be a 2-1 defeat um, on Saturday. And I'm thinking we might just get a point on Tuesday against Sunderland with a 1-1. But I think... I'm going to go for two 2-1 two, defeats. I just can't see it's getting any points from either game. Um, so that's really quite sad that I'm saying that. Um, 
I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. Um, but we're going to get beaten both games, um, which will show us, you know, really where we are, um, which is really quite sad and disappointing. If I was trying to be possum positive and optimistic, I would say, you know, the next two games will define the next 10, if you like. If we lose both, that is realistically our season over for really doing it. Um, you never know, we might just find a way of getting some points, but I'm not hopeful, Ross. I wish I was, but I'd ro I'm, I, I think I'm going to change. I'm going to go in with my glass half full rather than half, uh, sorry, half empty and be pleasantly surprised if I'm wrong rather than getting my hopes up too high and being kicked in the teeth again. So, yeah, I'm going to get beaten 2-1 both games. Okay, then. Um, Thomas put in the group chat that Brad missed out the Sunderland prediction. He said we're going to win all, all the, the next two games. So, Brad, uh, how much are we going to beat Sunderland? 1-0. Uh, Sunderland are crap. Uh, Lee Johnson's got a hell of a lot to sort out. He's the man that I wanted here. Um, he's got one window to try and get them promoted. Well, he's not going to. Um, Sunderland are just us one year ahead. <laughs> Yeah, big mess and a good documentary. Will we have? Will we ever have a documentary? That'll be interesting. Um, I can see if I could work my magic, possibly in the future. Um, over to you then, Thomas. I'll leave you to last, Liam. Of course, we both watched the Sunderland game via Skype. Um, we're both watching the game. We're just doing a sort of watch along together. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Thomas, um, you know, I'm sure you're going to echo what the lads are going to say. I'm sure you're not going to be following Brad's footsteps in terms of his <laughs> predicting of wins. But um, how are you feeling? Uh, just first, sorry for pointing out, Brad uh, did not predict and Sunderland. It's just on top of the leaderboard, so I take this seriously nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, in terms of Peterborough, I do echo what David and Tom said. I'm not, I'm not confident. Um, I don't like Peterborough either. Um, the thing for me that I'd like to add really is the fact that it's 51 weeks ago that we got thrashed for one, um, and it's going to show exactly how far we've come since. And I don't think it's a lot um, any difference this time. Well, there's two. We've got two exciting loanies coming in with Thomas and Harrop who could potentially play and we've also got no Will, Will Norris and Carl who's, who wouldn't be fanning around this time like he was last year so that's a one positive for the game let's say but yeah um, I think we'll score but I don't think we'll win um, I'll go 3-1 for Peterborough and then for Sunderland I do feel like we've got a chance to win um, they're, they're not consistent um, they lost the other night to Plymouth but the fact that we're on Sky and it's a top 10 team, even though I do feel like we could beat them, I want to go for a draw, 1-1. One, one. Uh, and it'll be a point out of the like four points out of the, out of the three. Um, and it'll be another saving grace for Lambert, getting four out of, four out of nine probably. Um, we'll still be in the playoff hunt. We've still got a game in hand, haven't we? Or two or three. So we're still in the mix. Um, he's not going anywhere yet. Okay, then. Well, Liam, to finish it off, uh, another massive pod for everybody, but there's been a lot to say, of course. Um, so, Liam, how are you feeling going into these two games, two very big games at home? Of course, you know, home advantage don't really add currently because there's no fans in the ground, um, but it's also just nice. We don't need to travel to, to Peterborough or Sunderland with the players and stuff. But uh, So, yeah, are you on the, on the same wavelength as the other guys or are you joining Brad in the crazy camp? Um... I mean, I've got absolutely no confidence. Uh, history doesn't uh, 
look fondly on town um, at the moment. Um, and I've said that realistically, they need to get at least four points out of it. Um, I mean, having no supporters in the ground is a double-edged sword because having them in there could give you that extra boost. But the way town have been playing, you can imagine that the fans would uh, make it harder, actually, for town to perform because they'd be getting on their backs more often than not. Um, so maybe the pressure will be off a little bit. But we've said that all season. Um, Hull and Charlton have come and, and did a professional job without being outstanding and were so far ahead of us. But, I mean, maybe it's me just having... Um, a glass of wine and um, basically uh, had enough after a 10-minute uh, <laughs> rant that I had a bit earlier. But I'm I, maybe I'm getting a bit um, a bit of a sore head, but I'm going to go um, with Brad. I'm going to be optimistic because I come across as a bit of a grumpy git on this <laughs> every week. So I want to be optimistic. I don't think it will happen, but I'm going to predict it anyway. Um, I don't think Peterborough are as good as people say they are. They are very, they can be very inconsistent, um, although they are a dangerous side. So, and we saw that last season. Um, so I'm I'm under no illusion, but they they do have a lot of um, attacking prowess. But I think we can get uh, the best result out of it is a point. So I'm going to say one one. As for Sunderland, I think we can win that game. Um, and I would say 2-0. I'm, I'm hoping, so four points out of the next two would be brilliant. Um, if it's any more fantastic, I'll fall off my chair. Um, but like like John, um, if it's uh, pretty much what how I think it'll probably go, then I'm, I'm pretty much... Um, going to probably have a lot of egg on my face. I think they need to be stable. Um, they don't want to be too gung-ho. I know we're wanting them to be um, attacking and create chances, but I think in these two games, they do have to be a bit more pragmatic. So I think Downs and Dizel, um playing along each other in midfield and either having Bishop in that 10 or Harrop, hopefully if he is fit to start, uh, a bit further forward with the two wingers playing in a 4-2-3-1. I think that would work um, with a bit of st uh, stability. You can have Downs doing the dirty work and Dezel trying to play as a deeper, lying, almost playmaker from there um, and doesn't have that pressure on him to have to do the dirty work now that he's got Downs back. So... I'm hoping that the uh, injuries will uh, that have cleared up will make a difference, and that the two new signings will. So I'm I'm giving myself a nosebleed by going for four points, but um, I I think I fear for the worst, but I'll be optimistic. We'll get four points, draw on Saturday, and we'll beat Sunderland on Tuesday two 0 Okay. Well, of course, we do hope Town can get them results. What Brad and Liam said, but. Yeah, I won't get my hopes up, but I will be very pleased if we do. Um, so that is it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Of course, thanks to Liam, David, Thomas, Brad, John and Tom for making his debut for joining me. Um, 
follow the footsteps of Tom and get involved in the podcast. Send me a message at Ross Media UK if you want to get involved, get your voice heard and all that jazz. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, send us reviews and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, hopefully, to talk about wins. But well, you just don't know. Um, but anyways, I've been producer Ross. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Thank you.